We started last week uh, this exploration of things that we're calling not of this world. And uh, we introduced that last week as uh, this, uh, this idea that we live in uh, as disciples, right? And what is a disciple? A follower, right? It's a, it's a simple definition of a disciple is a follower. So we say uh, we're disciples and who we follow is Jesus. Um, but yet um, we are existing in this world that calls us and begs us and pulls us uh, and, and entices us to follow in all kinds of other ways. And uh, sometimes we want to convince ourselves that we're just not followers, right? But even when we do that, and we talked a little bit about that last week, we kind of find ourselves still a follower because we're just following with other people who are, think they're non-followers, right? So we're really all followers in some kind of, of way, even if you don't want to think of yourself uh, like that. But Jesus says that in this world that we live in, you're, you're, there, there are many things about you that are different, and like Lindsay said earlier, there's, uh, uh, Jesus is not of this world. I think you said that. Jesus is, is not of this world, um, and uh, he came to this world. He lived in this world. He was fully human in this world. In many ways, uh, he was in this world like we're in this world, but he's saying, ultimately, I'm not of, the, uh, of this world, and ultimately, you're not of this world Either. And that was part of his prayer and his instructions to his, his followers right at the end of his ministry in John uh, chapter 15, uh, where he's praying for them, he's encouraging them, and he, ba he just tells them straight up, I, I'm praying for you to not be of this world and to, and to understand how you're not of this world. So we, we do, we, we do uh, kind of overlap that with how we're supposed to love the world, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life, right? And so there is a great love and a valuing for the world because of its creation status of God, right? But then we know the realities of the world itself too, and there's a spiritual realm that we are called to find our identity in. And that's what we're exploring this semester. And it's kind of an offshoot of where we were last semester in just exploring the idea of identity itself, who we are as followers. <clears throat> so I will disclaim tonight in saying that uh, what we're going to talk about tonight has the potential to sound like a lecture from your mom. All right? Okay, now, um, I don't know your moms, most of your moms here, but, um, you know, maybe that's a good thing, maybe that's a bad thing, I don't know. Uh, but like Lindsay uh, pointed out earlier, uh, we're going to talk about priorities. You need to get your priorities straight, right? That's a pretty good impression of your mom, right? <laughs> pretty good. Uh, that's my side job, impressions. Um, <laughs> well, oddly enough, um, that, that was actually a message from Jesus, uh, not just your mom. And so, you know, it's not to say that it's Christ-like for your mom to lecture you, um, but y'all need some Jesus. Just saying, just saying. 
So I want to throw that question out to you. We, we, we use that word priorities, right? Okay, so um, maybe there's lots of different things that come to mind when we talk about the word priority, right? or what is a priority. So I want to put that question on you. What are your priorities? What is important to you? And be real. What are the things that are most important to you, honestly? Your health, yeah. Why do you say that? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, it keeps me alive. Mm. Or who eats everything, right? Yeah, what else is important to you? What are your priorities? Yeah. Friends? Okay, why? I don't know. I like people. Right. You, you won't you won't get grilled on every answer that we put. Just what are, what are what are what's the milieu of uh, priorities that are out here? Finances, yeah, yeah, for obvious reasons, right? Great. What grades? Finances, grades, yeah. Oh, you don't. <laughs> that was a good try. There's no Jesus points for that one. Uh, I, I mean, I know it is. I know it is. Uh, Jesus, okay, that's great. Excellent. Your halo is very bright. <laughs> what else is important to you guys? Your parents, yeah. Okay. So your parents are prioritized in your life because they're important. Yeah, that's great. What else? What else do you find to be very important that you prioritize at the top of your list in your life? Control food. Uh, right. You're the guy at the restaurant who's asking if your chicken was had a good life. Right. Yeah, okay. yeah. right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. Control your food. Yeah. One or two more. What are other things that are important to us out there? Security. Security. Mm. Yeah. We'll come back around to that one later. Yeah. Tell me why security is such a big deal to you. <coughs> mm hmm. Yeah. Sure. Sure. I saw one or two back. Maya? Your job. Yeah. Yeah, that's important to you, right? Yeah. So there's all kinds of things that we've, we find. I mean, every one of us can make probably a really long list of, of the things that are most important to us. And, and they're, they're all kind of jammed into this, um, this limited amount of time and resources and uh, and in that what creates priority, right, is the scarcity of resources. That's like the fundamental economic, your economics, right? That's, or who, who is our economics person here? Yes, okay, yeah. Yeah, there, there we go, yeah, Christian, yeah. Yeah, uh, 
Yeah, it's a fundamental concept of economics, right? The scarcity of resources. And because there's a scarcity of resource, scarce, and scarcity means there's just, there's not infinite amounts of it, right? Because there's scarce amounts of money and time and, and, and all the other things uh, in our lives. We have to prioritize what is the most important. Um, and so we live in this world that helps uh, inform us of what our priorities probably should be. Right. Um, and uh, I, I think we find uh, on this big general level uh, these priorities of of do what is best for you. What's best for you? What is going to have the best results or the or the uh, the most desirable results for you personally? That's what you need to make important. Right. And that makes sense. Right. Because that's. I mean that's that's how we subsist, kind of in a in a in a personal way. It's a, it's another economic principle, right? The self-interest, right? The 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 concept of self-interest. When all, all the people are doing things that that are in their own self-interest, there ends up being this societal good, right? So the world says, you know, you do what's best for you, okay? Um, do what is urgent. How how um, how relatable is that? Right? You need to do what's urgent. You need to take care of what is pressing on you right now. Right? And so we're, we're just, we live these lives where there's always something that is pressing on you right at the moment, the urgent that you need to take care of. And, and if you're a good prioritizer, you'll be able to uh, put those things up and knock them out, you know, and, and then you're okay. You don't have all these things uh, that, are, that are pressing on you that are urgent. Another one might be do what is productive, right? We need to be productive people. You need to be able to account for your time and your energy and, and your, your days and your years uh, to show what you have produced of that, right? And that's, isn't that one of the, uh, the main points of college? You are uh, working toward a goal of achieving some productive end, uh, in what you're doing so that, you know, then you can go on to more productive things and more productive things. Right? And these are, all, these are all good things. There's nothing inherently bad about any of these things that I think are, are very um, around us all the time uh, that end up ordering our priorities really even day to day. So uh, Let's bring it down to really the, the, the local level here. What about University of Texas? Uh, in this place that you're in right now, what are, what are some of the, the most pressing priorities that you're expected to have in a place like you know, the University of Texas? Good grades, Good grades right? <laughs> Everything comes under that, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, how true, right? There is, and, and, and that's actually, you, you, you think that sounds um, obvious, right? But that really is uh, prominent at the University of Texas. A lot of you guys have known, you know, I've kind of been around the block in a, in a, a number of different places in, in campus ministry and different campuses. And yeah, surely it's important everywhere to, for, for most people to get good grades, but it's probably more prominent here than I have ever seen anywhere. 
the you must do everything it takes to get good grades. Right? I see that. So you're right, but it's really prominent at UT. What else? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, you need to know what's next, right? You need to need to have this this master plan worked out. Yeah, I see that. Who agrees with that? Right? You feel the pressure of that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. One more thing. What's another? What's another thing? Change the world. <laughs> Sounds good to me, right? T t tell me, why why did you bring that up? Yeah, right, right. Oh, oh, I'm supposed to change the world. Oh, man. So, yeah, that's a, that's, that's a good thing that kind of ha has a built-in little bit of pressure to it, right? That's a very, very high expectation. And it's a good expectation, right? It's a positive expectation. But it creates its own pressure with it, too. So, yeah, I'm glad you recognize that. Um, <clears throat> so as disciples, so we come in here and we... And, uh, you know, we, we say, yeah, I'm a follower of Jesus. I, I'm a Christian. I, I like Jesus. I like what, what he wants, what he teaches. Um, so we ask ourselves, then, what does Jesus say about our priorities? And how do they stack up against all of these priorities that we've just outlined that are around us all the time in everywhere we go, and especially in this university life? But Jesus said something really, if, if, you've, if you've been around, you know, Christianity or the Bible, there's, there's not a lot that sounds new about this, but I want us to swim around in it tonight for a little bit, and it's in Matthew chapter 6, and we'll get that up here, Matthew chapter 6, and this is in the context of, does anybody know? The Sermon on the Mount, right? Where Jesus is outlining some of his pillar teachings. Like this, if, if we could go anywhere in the Bible and say, what are the, the core pillar teachings of Jesus? We find it in the Sermon on the Mount. So Matthew chapter 6, he gets to this section and he says, So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So most of you have probably heard the do not worry message, right? And probably even often. Um, but I think what we talk less about in the midst of that don't be worried or don't be anxious message is what Jesus said the alternative to worry was. He lines it out just crystal clear. And that's what? What? Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Jesus says your anxiety, your worry, is really a matter of priority. What are you prioritizing? And what is that producing in you? 
So look at the thing that he says, the pagans, right? The, pag the pagans run after all of these things. And God knows that they're important to you. God knows that you need them, right? And he's talking about what do we eat? What shall we drink? What do we wear? Right, all these basic things. And God says, I got you on that. What you need to do is put before everything, everything, all these things, the kingdom, his kingdom, and his righteousness, and all of that will fall into place, right? So I want to, let me rewrite this, this passage, uh, if I can be so bold, I'm going to scoot back. Um, I don't know about rewriting the Bible, but I'm going to do it. So do not worry saying, what if I don't get the grade I need in organic chemistry? Or will I get the right internship this summer? For the business students run after all these things, and <laughs> well, they do, right? I, mean, uh, I was a business student. Uh, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. If you will prioritize these things, everything falls after it. Right? And that, now let me disclaim that, that doesn't mean that you somehow get everything that you want or that you think that you need. But you entrust yourself to what God knows that you need. What God knows is best for you. And that takes a lot of trust. Right? Putting first his kingdom and his righteousness is an extraordinary move of trust in setting your priorities. Um, I was sitting with someone the other day who I just found to be very honest, and I really appreciated her for this um, because the, the struggle, I mean, excuse, pardon the phrase, the struggle is real, right? Um, we, were, we were talking about some of these things, the priorities and the struggle of priorities and stresses and anxiety, um, and and she talked to me about how how God and community really in this, in this world with all of that stress and the priorities you're expected to have, those, those things of, of God, those things of, of each other and, and community and the kingdom are really the, some of the easiest things to let go of when you're stressed like that. Um, and that's because there's no immediate consequence to doing that right? Um, you're not graded on it. You, have n you are getting no grade. You're not even, I'm sorry, you're actually not even getting Jesus points for being here tonight. It's, it's the, the pulling the rug back on that. Jesus points aren't real. Sorry. You can leave now if you need to. Um, but, you know, you're not. You, you're getting no grade for being here tonight. You're getting no extra credit. You're getting. You're getting no transcript for what you do with God or the time that you spend with God. You get instead relationship, and that's a really intangible 
kind of thing. And so when there's, and, and that's hard to measure, that's hard to know, that's, that's hard to feel sometimes. And so when, when all of these other things in your life, when you're loaded up so heavy and you've got everything, that's, that's the easiest thing to just kind of squeeze out the side, right? Because, well, you know, I can, I can maybe come back around to that. I can, I can focus on that later. I can, and then what does that do? Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. God is before you saying, I know how important and pressing all these things are. I'm not pulling you away from them. There, a lot of them are necessary right now. But let me help you with them. Let me be there with you through the midst of these, this high-pressure time for you right now. Don't put me on the side because I want to help you with this. Don't push away the things that draw you toward me because I want to take you through this in a way that will turn out to be extraordinary for you because in the end, no matter what happens, you know that I am there with you. And when I am there with you, nothing else really, really matters because I know what I'm doing with you, right? Let me give you perspective on these things. Let me help you face them with confidence in who you are and give you exactly what you need but you have to come to me first, is what God is saying. I have got to be your priority, and I'm asking you to make me your priority because I want to help you with everything else, right? So as disciples, our priority is God himself, right? Now, also... Interestingly enough with that, our priority along with God that Jesus makes clear is others. Our priority is God and our priority is others. Philippians 2, 2 through 4, do nothing, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit and rather in humility value others above yourselves not looking to your own interest but each of you to the interests of others in galatians 5:13 you my brothers and sisters were called to be free free but do not use your freedom to indulge yourself to indulge the flesh rather Serve one another humbly in love. John 13, one of the most beautiful images in all of the Bible, as far as I'm concerned. When Jesus is on the floor and before his disciples, almost naked with a bowl of water at their feet. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet. This is the lesson he was giving to them after that. You also should wash one another's feet. 
I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. We're feet washers, serving each other. Galatians 6.2, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Right? Philippians 4, 2 and 3, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Shall I keep going? There's like 56 more of these through the Bible. The one another passages. What we do, how we serve one another, how we, how we uh, be in one another's lives, how we carry life with each other, what we do with each other. Um, how we help each other. So if I as a disciple, so if as a disciple you choose to make it important to you what is important to God, others will be your priority. In a world that is, says me, take care of me, do what's best for me, take care of myself, so I know that in this kind of Christianese kind of way, this sounds really nice, but it's actually very difficult to live this. And I know this. I know this for you because I know how difficult it is to live this priority in a me-centered world. So Jesus knew this, and it's why. I mean, I, we, probably sh- we probably should take the time to read the whole story, but it's why he told the story of the beat-up man on the side of the road being passed by. By who? By the priest and the Levite. This this man who's just probably very near death on the side of the road. And along comes who? The Samaritan. Now, it's implied that this man on the side of the road is a Jewish man. And this Samaritan comes by his kind of uh, political and religious enemy, theoretically, stops, bandages the man, takes care of him, puts him on his donkey, takes him to the next town, pays for him to stay in the inn until he can come back. Right? He tells a story like that for very real reasons. This is what it looks like to be a disciple. You have that kind of concern for other people. That's also why he suggested in this, (laughs) the most difficult thing, I think, loving your enemies. Because your duty is to prioritize others to the point you learn to value those who may even hate you. Jesus said, those people you can learn to love because your priority is to live in that way. So not even just the people who are good to you, that you prioritize, that you put above you, that you serve, that you wash each other's feet. Jesus says, that applies even to your enemies. That's where it gets really, really hard. So, what did we just do? 
what are what are what are the things? What are our priorities? What are the two things we just outlined as the priorities Jesus gives us? <laughs> oh, gotcha! Right? Right? The mission, the mission, right? The mission of Longhorns for Christ. But it's not really LFC's mission. We say that. It's, it's like, it's not the mission of LFC. It's like the mission of everybody who follows Christ, right? For all his followers. These priorities are still yours from Jesus, whether you're a part of LFC or not, right? Yeah, you can't, you can't quit LLC and get out of it. Uh, sorry. No Jesus points, so you can't get out of it. Yeah, really disappointing you guys. Yeah. Let's, let's look at that in its, in its context. Matthew 22, 34 through 39. Hearing, what Jesus, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. And one of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? What's the other way to say it? Jesus, what, what are our priorities, really? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Everything else that you will ever hear or ever know comes under these two things. These are your priorities. So for most of us, our, our life right now is largely about you. You know, that's the, that's the university life, right? <coughs> you what you have to do to succeed, what you have to do to be noticed, what you have to do to complete the things that are demanded of you, what you have to do to even survive right now, day to day, right? Yeah. She knows. Surviving day by day. <laughs> I'm trying. Uh, Jesus told a story about this. And it's a really convicting story, and it's kind of, uh, if you put yourself in this story, it's kind of hard to hear. But we're, let's look at it anyway. Luke 14, 15 through 24. Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. And Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field, and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry, and he ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor 
and the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you have ordered has been done, but there's still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. Well, that doesn't really end on a high note, does it? But guess what? You have been invited. You have been invited to the greatest banquet feast you could ever imagine. And God is inviting you to that every day of your life. And what are the ways that we kind of end up saying sometimes, I've got this thing. I've got all this stuff I've got to do. Oh, I've, there's this, my schedule is full, right? And God's back at the house, like, oh, man, I really, I really wanted you there because this is for you. This isn't for me. This is for you, doing this for you. I'm inviting you to it. And all you have to do is say, man, I'm there. And he puts you at the table with him. And so I want us to think about, you know, what are, what are the ways that we just end up sometimes saying, uh, please excuse me. Right. <laughs> uh, and what are we missing? What are, mi- what are we missing out on when we do that? Um, don't let the lesser things of your life turn into excuses when God is giving you that free invitation to the greatest thing you'll ever know. Um, let's pray about that. We'll continue to worship and we'll come back around in prayer. Father, we're thankful for the invitation to the greatest thing that we could ever know, and that is to sit at the table with you and share in the feast of life, uh, the feast of eternal life, the feast of uh, knowing you and being with you and, and basking in your love and your grace and your wonder uh, before us, Father. But, man, we know it's a challenge, and, and it's... It's oddly a challenge sometimes to to say yes to something that's so extraordinary because there's so much that's urgent on us right now. Right now, things that we have to do, things that we have to prioritize, things that we have to take care of, demands on our lives and our time and our, our attention and our hearts, ultimately. And Father, we we want to to be able to to go into all those things and, and, and do them well and, and still make them important, the things that need to be important. But Father, help us to truly seek your kingdom and your righteousness first before everything and to, and to order our lives in a way that really makes that true. That's hard. And we know that, that when we come to you for help with that, you say, I am absolutely here to to 
to offer you my spirit on your life to help you to do that. And so, Father, that's, we want that to be our, our request to you right now is to help us be these people who are following you and putting you first in all things so that we're not off looking at our new set of oxen when we really should be at the table with you. And Father, it just comes in all kinds of subtle ways where we know that. And you, we, you know that, Father. And uh, we just ask for your spirit on us right now and, and help us to, to encourage each other to do that. We know that's one reason that we're called to love each other and to serve each other is, is so that we help each other do this, Father. We're thankful for that. We're thankful for a family like this, spiritual family to have and to inc- be encouraged by in this way. So, Father, we pray all this right now in the name of Christ.